Hey guys, it's Kelly and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. Tonight's going to be a little bit different than a lot of my other episodes. It might be a quick one, but I'm not totally sure yet. So this weekend has been a rough one. I have a really bad infected tooth that's causing a lot of swelling in my lymph nodes. So it's pretty painful and extremely triggering. Obviously, since I have to now go to a dentist to get the whole situation taken care of, that's a huge trigger because I know that in the next couple of days that I'm going to be sitting in a chair that I used to be trafficked in. And no, it's not an exact chair that I was in, but it's going to look the same. It's going to have the same smells, the same sounds, and the people are going to look eerily familiar. So obviously, it's a bit difficult. So my anxiety is already elevated. The other thing that has been going on is my son has been going through some stuff. So we play Roblox together and um, a lot of autistic kids like video games. And this one, me and him play together a lot. And if not, he's always monitored when he's playing. Well, I think they misconstrued something that he had said or taken it out of context. I'm not entirely sure because they won't tell me any more than two words what was said. But anyways, he was banned for a week for hate speech. And he's seven, about to be eight years old and has autism. And he uses Roblox as a way to calm down. And he uses it for anxiety and a lot of other reasons. And it's his safe place. And it's like that for a lot of autistic kids because it makes their world smaller and a little bit more predictable. So right now, his safe space is violated because of what they did. So he's changed. And he's as strong as his mama. And he doesn't let it show that he's hurting. But I know he is. And it's not fair. Because... Having to explain to a seven-year-old what hate speech is is not exactly an easy thing to do. So it's been difficult because I don't know how to make it okay for him. And I don't know how to explain something that doesn't make sense to me, to him, in a way that makes sense to him. So it's been a rough weekend of us kind of just as a family trying to get together and push through these hard times because they have been difficult. I mean, with the lawsuits and packing and having to move again on top of everything else, it's just when it rains, it pours. So I'm trying as hard to keep it together as I can because my son needs that and so does my husband. So that's been rough. Usually 
I like to just drown myself in social media sometimes. And it's not like where I make a bunch of posts, but just kind of scroll, you know, scroll through the For You page on TikTok or, you know, my news feed. And that actually made things worse because there's a lot of misinformation that's being put out about Ghislaine Maxwell's trial. It has not started yet. They're just doing voir dire, which is jury selection, which is not televised because of obvious reasons that the jury is supposed to stay confidential. And honestly, I don't think the trial should be televised either, and I hope that it's not. I haven't heard either way, but I'm praying that it's not. But there's been conspiracy theories and misinformation and speculation and a whole bunch of stuff. So that just kind of made everything worse. So to start, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial had absolutely nothing to do with the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And to even make that suggestion is kind of insulting, to be honest, I am so tired of people just grasping at straws. And if that turns people off, it turns people off. But you know what? It's the brutal truth. People will say and believe anything that they want to for whatever reason. And that's fine. They have a right to do that. But nobody thinks about what cost. You know, so it's like, I'm reading about how everyone hopes that it's televised so they can hear names and this, that, and the next, but they're going to be victims of Ghislaine Maxwell testifying. There's going to be victim impact statements. There's going to be a lot of testimony around women and their trauma, and that is not the business of the people of the world to hear and it may not be what they want so we have to think about what victims want and what is best for them because see people want names in a very selfish way and they want names because they want to know that when they turn on the tv or they vote for someone that they're not involved with sex trafficking and I've spoken about this many times before because it's something that I feel very strongly about. See, I get to tell when I decide that I want to name names, if I want to name names. But if I tell, it's because it has to benefit me in some way. It's not to please other people. And right now, people want names for their benefit, and they're not thinking about the victims. Back last year, um, or the beginning of this year, I believe it might have been January, December-ish, I had some details about the ring that my parents are a part of shared in a very public manner on Twitter, and I had no control I reported it over and over again, begging for them to take it down, and they didn't. I have 
written to the place where the article was written and asked them to take it down, and they didn't. And the person that wrote this article and the person that tweeted the article and other details, they did not think about any victims that are still being victimized by the ring. They also did not think about any survivors that had made it out. They wanted to get the most tweets or retweets or likes or whatever. They did it because they wanted to be the first to talk about it. Now, did they think about the fact that there was a detail that was released that only five people in the world know about and I happen to be one of them? No, they didn't. They didn't think about what would happen to any one of the survivors because, no, I did not say a single thing to this investigative journalist that broke the story. But do you think that my sex traffickers and the sex trafficking ring are going to sit there and justify all these reasons on how it couldn't possibly be me when I was one of the ones that knew that private information? They're not. So my life was put unnecessarily in danger because somebody wanted to share details about my trauma without my permission. And that's why I always say that survivors and victims, it has to be shared on our terms. Our stories, our clients, all of it has to be on our terms. And it has to be because it's what's best for us. And it goes the same way when it comes to pressing charges. It has to be what's best for us. I could go testify at that trial. I don't want to because it's not going to benefit me. It will make things worse. So that's my personal choice. And I don't need to prove that to anybody. And I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm letting someone get away with something. Yes, it's going to be difficult to watch other people get justice from somebody that hurt me as well, and I don't get the same justice. But my safety and my family are way more important than getting the justice that I could get if I went there. So that's why I think that we need to open up a dialogue and a conversation about sex trafficking awareness, that it doesn't stop at the last sale, and we have to learn that sometimes names aren't important and we have to focus on what's best for the victim and what's best for the survivors. Every single time we share our stories, we put ourselves in danger. And every time that somebody shares intimate details without our permission, they invade and violate our safe space. And I think that's why I'm so affected by what happened to my son, because I know exactly how that feels. When you have a safe space, it's yours. And you don't want anyone to invade it. You don't want anyone to take it away from you. It is your place to go so you can feel safe when there is nothing in this world that makes you feel safe 
when it's nothing but chaos and noise and all of this stuff, you need that safe place for your sanity. So when that person tweeted all that information, my safe space was violated. And when people are constantly badgering for this kind of information or that kind of information, again, my safe place is violated. And it happens to other victims and other survivors as well. And it shouldn't. So again, if you want to know something, yes, I understand why. Trust me, I understand it. Nobody wants to donate to a company or an organization that's involved with sex trafficking. But we also have to think about what's best for the victims and what's best for the survivors. Because my story gets told in a way that benefits me. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I have not listed my client list or names of places and things like that because it wouldn't benefit me. It would take away from my story and it would turn into, well, what was she like? What was he like? Were you here? Did you meet this person? Did you meet that person? So that's one of the things that I'm finding very difficult to hold together in these next few days coming up to this trial because the things that I'm just reading on social media are so triggering for me. And I imagine they're triggering for other survivors as well. But it's like this trial should not be televised. It just shouldn't because the main bit of evidence is going to be witness testimony. And those witnesses are going through everything that they can probably handle by testifying. It's not easy. It's terrifying. I have done it more times than I care to have. And each and every time it gets more and more terrifying. They deserve their privacy. They deserve anonymity. And they deserve confidentiality. So if you're sitting here saying to yourself that you want this to be televised because you want to know names, try and think to yourself, why is it that you want names from this trial? Is it because you want justice for victims? Or is it something because it benefits you? And then that'll tell you exactly how you should act. And obviously, you don't have to listen to me. I am just somebody talking into a microphone right now, and I'll publish this onto my podcast. I am not, uh, I'm not an expert, but this is just how I feel, and this is my personal opinion, and I stand by it pretty firmly, and I strongly believe that victims and survivors, we earned the right to tell our story on our terms. And we also earned the right for it to be heard on our terms as well. It can be very intrusive when your clients are public figures because you see them all the time and you see people talk great about them and sometimes you're not ready to say something 
And sometimes if you do, it's not believed. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. It is mentally and physically exhausting to just survive sometimes. So all I ask is, let's just think about what's best for the women that are going to be testifying. And a nationally televised trial just isn't it. They deserve to have their privacy in this. We all will find out the outcome. And hopefully, Ghislaine Maxwell gets the prison time that she deserves. I am in no way sticking up for her. I am sticking up for her victims. But as for the conspiracy theories, let's just stop them, please. I mean... They don't make sense and they just distract. And it's like the conspiracy theories say that this is happening to distract, but really it's the conspiracy theories that are distracting. Let's keep things separate that are separate. And Kyle Rittenhouse's trial and Ghislaine Maxwell trial have absolutely nothing to do with each other. So let's just keep them separate. I don't care what Rose McGowan says or other people say. Those are two separate things. So let's just focus on what we need to focus on. And that's being supportive to sex trafficking survivors because that's who's going to be testifying. Anyways, that's just my thoughts. I needed to get them out. They were driving me a little bit crazy. And I would love to do a long episode like I usually do, but I'm not feeling very well at all. In fact, I'm in an excruciating amount of pain. And because I'm in recovery, I refuse pain meds. So the over-counter stuff just isn't happening right now. And on top of that, all this anxiety from the trial, from the dentist and my son and everything, I'm just, I'm at my limit for the weekends, for the day, for the year even. I've had enough stress, I think, to last a lifetime this year. And as hard as it is, it's because I started sharing my story. I don't regret it, but I do regret it because it's not easy to get on here. And then you have to deal with people that want to be intrusive and invasive and just ask the most unappropriate questions. And then you also have the people that want to steal from your story so they can get the clout that they want. And then you have the other people that call you liars and make false accusations against you because they're paid to do so. It's not easy, my life. And I'm trying the hardest that I can So that's why I thank my supporters for all the love and support at the end of every episode because it is not something I have had my entire life, and it's not something that goes unnoticed. I have a lot of very loyal friends now, and you all know who you are. I don't need to say your names. You are some of the best friends that I've ever had, and... It's funny how some of the more supportive ones don't even listen to my episodes, so they'll never hear this shout out. 
but the good ones do. So you guys are at the top. But thanks again for all the love and support. And I wish that I could talk a little bit more. But like I said, I'm just, I'm not feeling so hot right now. I need to go get some rest. And I will talk with y'all soon. Thanks for tuning in.